0: have tuned into the hot takes podcast with Lawrence henderson aka boss and special guest be ready to be inspired encouraged and ready to take action all right everyone thank you for coming back once again to the hot takes podcast where we are always humble open and transparent and today talking about something that I'm excited about. Uh, We have my buddy Colin, and he's gonna rock the mic a little bit with us, and we're gonna get into some verbal banter, but you all know me. I'm the leadership and organizational development coach, trainer, and speaker uh, with BOSS, but I need everyone to know who you are, Colin.
1: Yeah, Lauren, thanks for having me. Um, Pumped to be here and and kind of continue this conversation. My name is Colin Mulholland. I I live in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I spend most of my day working at Change Healthcare. I lead our enterprise change management practice across the globe. Uh, We're a healthcare technology company. And then I spend the other part of my day on conversations like these, uh, building community of folks that are people first, uh, pushing to the fringes and trying to disrupt the status quo. Uh, Love it. Love it
0: love it man love the disruption but what we're going to talk about today is something that i don't believe uh a lot of our audience has has really dove into and it's this idea of human-centered transformation it's a lot to unpack in just those three words right you can go down any rabbit hole between human centered and transformation but as a package what does that mean to you
1: yeah and it, it's been fun to explore. Uh, the The syntax is important. I uh, believe that's how we've uh, changed over millennials of time, uh, not a generation of people, but uh, millenniums of, of time, thousands of years, is through language and shared exploration. Um, with that being said, I uh, know that we are living in a technology era, and folks tend to be curious about technology and the benefits of it. Uh, What I'm starting to observe and sense in our work and, and work around the market is that everything is strictly dependent on the human. Whether it's your employee or your customer, their influence, their belief in the product or the technology, the space that you're developing, is essential for whether or not it's going to deliver the value. So it's simply that, uh, human-centered transformation or people-first transformation. It's this notion that we've got to involve our people, customers, and employees into the design of our path forward and continuously throughout in order for us to deliver value.
0: Yeah. So i I'm gonna go there man, because that seems that seems super simple right as a concept and, and as it, but why is it why is this a necessary conversation right now like you would think people are doing what you just described
1: yeah uh because it it's been one hundred years since the last uh global pandemic uh, the spanish yeah. flu so our leaders of of companies and leadership teams are having to see their organization and have conversations that are bringing so much more complexity Mm. into the way we do work Uh, whether it's a psychological or an emotional insecurity around a job or Uh, whether it is a pre-existing health condition, those are all the primary dividers of whether or not someone's going to build trust with you. And and if you don't have the trust of your employees or your customers, you won't have an innovative solution. You won't be able to disrupt uh, whatever it is you intend to do, regardless of industry. And I think that's why it's so important today it is such a unique time where there is a a pandemic that is uh radically challenging the way that we view other people regardless of where they're positioned on the globe we are all being impacted to various degrees but in order to be able to deliver on great work we need to first be able to see people as humans not just as productivity cons.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, I love that. Uh, So, so help me understand why you, you said it the way that you just did as far as bringing up the word disruption, what is, what isn't, what needs to be disrupted for us to begin treating people like human beings again?
1: Yeah, I I think, There needs to be a disruption within our own individual makeup and how we show up to work. Uh, The corporate mask or, or this delusion or illusion of control where we put on a facade that attempts to make others believe that we have it all figured out is just the the pace of change that we're experiencing today is the slowest that we'll ever experience in the future Mm. and that mask that may have worked in the industrial revolution or or the years prior where it was all about efficiencies and trying to eliminate um, process that was not necessary all of that stuff is important But I think the first step to this people-first way of orienting our work is to remove our own mask, Mm -hmm. to allow ourselves to be vulnerable and allow for others to have thoughts tribute to our collective team being more valuable than just the sum of the parts.
0: Man, you you really really hit on something because some of the things that I've been having conversations with people about are the there's going to be two types of organizations that are moving forward. The ones who in February, early March, pressed pause, and they're pressed paused on the mask. They're trying to keep it on because they want to go back to business as usual or whatever that means today. But then the other organization to what you just said of we're, we're going to take this challenge on. And we going to, we understand that to, the only way we move forward is we got to get everybody all in on this. And so buy-in is not a t-shirt word anymore. Buy-in is really like, okay, what are you bringing to the table? Because we need it all hands on deck. We need everybody all in on what we're trying to do to be successful together. Because I really believe in this time, also one of the things that floated to the top. And some of the things that, that you're alluding to and the way that we treat each other, our values floated to the top. What's really important to me? And why is it important to me? And I think people are really watching the organizations that they currently work for. And if you don't have a strategy around how you engage, engage in a very thoughtful and authentic way, I believe once the dust starts settling over the next several years, you're gonna find people are exiting. Even more because of culture issues, and because if you didn't care about me in a pandemic, I don't believe you'll ever care about me. And so, I, and so, speak a little bit about that part of it.
1: Yeah. So, so the first part, Lawrence, I think is just brilliant because uh, I had a mentor share with me, and he said, "How how do you gauge whether or not someone has buy-in?" I don't know. He's like, "How do you know if someone's committed?" Uh, I'm not sure. He said, the only way to gauge whether or not someone is truly committed to your work is if they are able to demonstrate Mm -hmm. the behaviors and work that they need to take on in order to accomplish your shared goal. Anything before that is disinterest, is a passive no, Mm -hmm. or is just not going to be accomplished in a manner that will be sustainable or or valuable you'll continue to get people 60 percent because they don't trust you or they're overworked or or all of these human factors and and the second thought is uh human experience Mm -hmm. so you hear this word experience so much now and over the weekend I, i stumbled across uh what seems to be uh a description of what I've always felt but couldn't put words to. And what I'm starting to see is that whether it's customer experience or employee experience, a a good thing, something that was meant and intended to be doing well by others is weaponized. So we are only looking to grab the throat of An experience that our customer or employee is undergoing in order to gain or grow or benefit ourselves. When at its depth, at its core, we should be deeply oriented around this human experience, which is how does Lawrence feel as a human being? How does he show up to this space? How might we be able to be better because he is here and delivering his value into what we're going to do together because I'm able to have that conversation. All of this experience jargon, just a weapon and humans are very protective of what puts them at risk. Mm
0: -hmm. And that's
1: what we feel.
0: Yeah, man. Wow. Okay. I love it. And the use of to put it in that framework, to, to put my emotion, my feelings, and use that as a weapon or propaganda to it. But it, what you're speaking of is a very manipulative environment in to where it's and it turns extremely transactional in regards to being that cog in the wheel. And I believe that was in a lot of cases that was happening before this happened. And it's, What you just described, it's it's an even heightened sense of people being a visual, being an emotional, because again, people were thrust into environments at the same time. And I I asked a question when I was doing a a speaking engagement uh, a couple weeks back around just the idea of personal check-ins. And are you checking into the heart first? Before you try to check and check into the professional head first with those questions to get to what you're talking about, because it again, it's that old thing. I until I know how much you care, you're not going to get the best of me, and that's always been a thing. And and what you're describing from this human centered transformation, just describe. If you will, what what is just one step in organization? Say they listen to this. Say, as chro or somebody that can make a difference in organization, they hear this and say, okay, what's one thing we could begin doing today?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I I think it needs to start with um, a, a better appreciation for culture, and if what an individual does repeatedly is called a habit. And the behaviors of a group of people, their underlining beliefs and assumptions, not what they perceive to be their intent, but their demonstrated behaviors, beliefs, and assumptions, that's culture. Mm -hmm. So I think it's an appreciation of not what do we say we are or what do we intend to be? It is what do we demonstratedly live out in our interactions? And that's culture. So I think it's an appreciation that culture is always alive and it is always living and it is rarely what you believe or intended for it to be Mm. because we have this misappropriation of uh what we want to be and what we actually are yeah and and sometimes those can get twisted i I think what you touched on in terms of how do we check in better um and how do we close meetings better Mm. so it's this idea that change and transformation doesn't need to be this huge robust planning mechanism that's run like a 1990s project management deliverable. It is a consistent and repeated daily interaction. So strictly by just checking in with your team Mm -hmm. before you go to that PowerPoint deck, if that's how you operate meetings, and asking something like this, the favorite check-in question that I've had in this season is, what is something you need to know what is something you need this group to know in order for you to be fully present today? Man. What is something you need to know, our team needs to know in order for you to be fully present? And if you wanna feel human, listen to people's responses. It is wicked, it is wide ranging, and it is across the board, and that allows for other people to step into your space as a human. Wow, wow. The, the last one is what was valuable for you today and what was important in this meeting? Because if, if, if no one can answer that question, or if you feel like we're not having candid conversation, mm-hmm. we will never be great. Yeah. We might be good enough. We might be able to exist, but yeah. we will never be great if we are not able to have candid conversations and say the way that we meet and the way that we gathered stinks yeah. and we're not doing good enough for our people and for our employees. Well, and it's tough to be a part of.
0: Man, you, so when you spoke to culture, cause that's my thing culture, it, it's a life work for me, organizational development, leadership development, like that's a, it's a lifestyle for me and hitting on what you just described helping people to feel seen, helping people to feel heard and a level of connection more than we've ever had before. And what you just described, if, if there's ever a word that needs to be used more in leadership today is empathy. And what you just described is putting leaders leading with empathy, communicating with empathy, not the old way of, I need to walk a mile in your shoes, but I need to hold the space for you. And I love what you said, because allowing a person to be heard in that setting, you allow other teammates to now step up or step into other parts of themselves to be things for Colin, to be things for Lawrence. Like, I can, I can help with that. If they're feeling bogged down, or if they're feeling stressed and that, I had experience. I was feeling that last year but now I can jump in. And what you just did, you just became a force multiplier through compassion and through empathy. And you led with that. And so for me, that buy-in that we talked about before, that going the extra mile, I didn't have to pay you an additional dollar. I invested some emotional equity and gave you space to be human. And to me, I always tell people, people like, when you were an army officer in the infantry, how could you get guys to follow you? Well, I had to get dirty myself. I had to model it. When I when I messed up, I had to say, I'm sorry first. I didn't wait for anybody to say, sorry. I'm like, look guys, I messed up. I messed this up and this is what exactly what I messed up. And what else did I mess up on, right? What else have I been messing up on? that has been preventing you from being the best versions of yourself. And I think by creating these environments where, again, human-centered transformation, we get back to the core of what it means to be human. And and what you talked about is being inclusive of all of us being able to experience this differently. Because again, me me and my wife, my wife's an educator, I'm a business owner, We've experienced this time differently with no kids involved. The family that had kids involved in this for the first time, time—not not, at, not they, they can't keep their calendars. They can't keep, I mean, again, it, everything that we as human beings have gotten thrown into, if nobody during this time held the space enough to help people feel seen and heard, that's why mental health issues are on the rise. That's why anxiety is on the rise. That's why depression is on the rise. And it's just a, a function of we weren't being human more in in more areas, instead we were being transactional business owners and business leaders um so Colin, give one one more reason to do this work and do it well
1: the analogy that someone made for me that made sense, and I'm grateful that it happened early in my career, because I'm still on a trajectory, is you can either live for resume virtues or you can live for eulogy virtues. And that is a daily choice that you have if you have the influence over one person. So anyone, a leader is not a title. A leader is someone who has followers. And if there is one person watching you, whether it's a spouse or a child or a parent or a coworker, or you are fortunate and privileged enough to lead multiple hundreds of people, Live based off of your eulogy virtues. And if you asked yourself at the end of the day, what would people say at the end of this journey about me? And if you're too caught up on these quarterly deliverables, someone's going to catch you. Someone is going to catch you. They're going to out-innovate you because people can't do their best work when they're constantly under pressure. They can't, they can do it for a short period. The way you see others and allow others to be seen is the complete separator. And it might sound soft, but if you want to look back on anything that's gotten in the way of rework or a false start, multiple millions and billions of dollars in digital transformation, because we didn't want to have the candid conversation or be vulnerable amongst a team in order to do great work every day. It, it. That's it,
0: man. Love it. Eulogy virtues. It's legacy, man. What are people saying about you? What are they going to say about you? Man, I love it, man. So Colin, thank, thanks for being here with me today, man. Thanks for going down this, this road of in conversation and letting people know about human centered transformation. Uh, so how can people find you on social media? Um, what else are you doing out there? All of them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I appreciate it. Lawrence. I, um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm learning a ton. Uh, I'm trying to find communities and sub communities. I'm really curious, uh, on, on the global components of Mm -hmm. people first work. Um, and I've been fortunate to, advise some uh, startup companies that are just starting to think about it or nonprofits uh, that are considering this work and how do we do this work better. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really focused on people first and mission focused work. Um, and and we're, we're building it, I change healthcare too. So nice. I'm on LinkedIn, I'm, I'm, I'm active and I'm, and I'm learning from communities that I'm a part of and I'm just grateful to be here, man. I'm grateful yeah. for folks like you that are pushing this to the fringes.
0: Definitely, man. Well, hey, thank you, audience. Make sure you go on LinkedIn, connect with Colin. And uh, this won't be the last time we have him on Hot Takes. We we will kick up and drum up some other trouble to start uh, in the future. So check back in with us. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. And remember... Actions over ideas always win. Be on the lookout for more episodes coming soon.